people will come to me and they'll tell me what they want. They'll tell me their type of look, their type of person that they want. And, and I'll say, okay, how's that working for you? And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, how's it, how's that work for you historically with that type of person? Well, I'm still single. Okay, exactly. Maybe that's not the right fit for you. Maybe, just maybe. We're looking in the wrong areas. And instead of focusing on that part, like that physical or that age, you know, like this guy I just explained, I just described, maybe change what you're really looking for. And that's somebody to help fulfill you emotionally and someone to be there as an equal partner. And whenever I help people realize that what you were doing in the past hasn't been working for a reason, then it tends to open up a lot of opportunities that they never knew they had. Welcome to the Asian Dating Podcast. I'm your host, May Bugenhagen, and today I have a very special guest. Her name is Jordana Balsam. She's been doing this since for 27 years, which is a long time. So she's going to have a lot of great information for us. She's servicing people in Florida, Delray Beach area, and she focuses on women and men in their 50s and 60s. That's kind of her niche. Jordana has a lot of experience, a lot of great tips for us today. So welcome to the show. How are you? So much. I'm excited. I'm terrific. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm I'm love, love talking about this topic in general, just dating advice and hearing from other matchmakers. I love collaborating and hearing your stories. So I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I know we've collaborated in, you know, the past, of course. And I always love reaching out to other matchmakers because you don't know what kind of clients they have who would mesh well with my clients or the people in my database. So I'm always on the lookout for great women, Asian women, Caucasian women, anybody who would love to meet great male clients. I just encourage people to go on my website to fill out a profile. But tell me how you got started in the business. I mean, I'm always curious because 27 years ago, matchmaking was not very popular, nor was online dating, right? So how did you get into matchmaking? Oh, it was actually easier back in those days, believe it or not, because there were no online dating apps. So it wasn't as much of a buffet as it is now where people can be so picky and people ghost each other. Now, back then it was, you just didn't get a call back and you were, had to start asking yourself, okay, should I move on? But it started, what happened was I've always been a natural networker. I'm a very friendly, outgoing person. I talk to everyone and anyone. I'll talk to the person in the public's line. I'll talk to people in my class next to me. So in college, I was very close with a guy and he was a great guy, but I just wasn't interested in him that way. And I knew he was starting to try to make the move. Like I could tell he was starting to have more interest in me than I than would have been reciprocated. So I immediately set him up with someone. I knew that if I got him off my back, then it would be easier for both of us in our friendship. I wouldn't have to have that uncomfortable conversation. So they went on a date and they didn't really like each other. He told me that she was very, very quiet and but she's pretty, but he didn't really, no spark. And she told me that he really was like funny, but like a little, eh, a little trying too hard. Well, so I went back and I highlighted those features for them. I told him, which is true, that she thought you were really funny, but be funnier, be yourself. Don't try too hard. Just be yourself. You're hilarious. 
which was true. And then I told her that he just thought she was so beautiful, which he did. He was very attracted to her that he was intimidated to give it a second shot. P.S. They're married now for however many years with four kids and two grandchildren already. So it worked. And that's how I began. I would just start when I was dating guys, if I didn't like them or just wasn't working out, I fix them up with my friends. And I have so many marriages from that. Just in general, that was what I would do. I was always sharing the wealth. It didn't work for me but it would work for somebody else so that's how I, I started that would actually be a great way to break up with somebody or to to tell them you know what I'm not interested but I have someone else who I would like to introduce you to because if you're a good person you just right. didn't click with that person but you have other friends that you can like you said share the wealth so I like that that should actually be something we all do, right? If you break up yeah. with somebody, just have someone else in mind for them so they get over you quicker too, so. And I also think it's really good karma because when you do something like that, first of all, it makes the process so much easier because you're not putting too much pressure on yourself. This is the one thing, not to get into a tangent about this so quickly, but I think a lot of, especially women, I think they put a lot of pressure on dating that they have to date for marriage. They have to find, is this not going to be the right one? I don't want to waste my time. And there's, there's, it's, there's justification for not wanting to waste time, but there's also the process of enjoying it and getting to know someone. And if, and when it doesn't work out for you, it could be a good fit for somebody else. And I think that's such a natural way to meet other people is that you're you're dating for friendship in a way. You're trying to first evaluate, do we vibe? And if not, I have a great friend that would really like your sense of humor or really be attracted to you. And it will work out in the end because the good karma will be there because you're just looked at in a different way. Don't you think? Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. Especially when you're just dating and you're just getting to know somebody, but how long would you give someone before you realize, you know what, this just isn't going to work out for me? Do you give them one month, three dates, five dates? Do you kiss them? Then you decide like what? What are your thoughts on that? I love that question. I think everyone is different. Um, I always, and this is what I do with, I always encourage anyone I set up to go a second time if the first date was just okay or eh, or there was no chemistry. Because a lot of times people give up too quickly. People give up in marriages. I've been married 22 years and I, I can count so many times that, oh, I'm so frustrated. I just want to be done. And you have to fight for it. Now, when it comes to dating and especially nowadays where there's so much available. So you always think to yourself, this isn't really working out. It's been three dates and I'm not so into it. I'll move on. But I think that if there is some sort of connection and yeah, kiss, be intimate. I, I'm not one of those people that says you have to wait. I think if it's there and the chemistry is there, act on it. I am not about a booty call. That's a whole different story. And I can get into that a whole separate podcast about how you present yourself. Because if you're going to immediately start a relationship in a sexual way, it's going to be a sexual relationship. And it doesn't often turn the opposite way. Whereas if you start off with a friendship, it will eventually be, can become a beautiful sexual relationship as well. So there's, there's levels to it. But I do think that people need to give each other a shot. But if it's just not there and there's really no real reason for it, then maybe it is time to pass along to your friend. That's a great person, just not my person. And I think a couple dates, at least three is really fair. And, and it has to be good dates. Like they can't just be like 
texting back and forth. That's another pet peeve of mine. And may I could talk about that for hours. I'm sure you have that too, where you know people who they've set, either they're set up through a matchmaker or they meet, on a, especially on online dating apps, where they're chatting on text for days and days and weeks and weeks and they never meet. And nothing good comes from that. Keep it to a minimum. I always say that. Two or three days max with the banter back and forth, set a date. If there's no date there, move on. Yeah, I like that. I like that. But we also meet people of the same sex. Like I meet a lot of female friends and I go out with them two times or three times before I realize if I'm going to have a special friendship with them. So it's like, you want to do that with your male dates too, right? Like you're right. People do give up too easily. They just write someone off because like you said, there's like this buffet of single people online. So that's good and bad, but let's talk yeah. about, um, let's talk about women in their fifties and sixties. Do they become less picky and focus on different things when they're looking for a man instead of when they're in their thirties and forties? Like what's the biggest difference you think that you see since you've oh, been in the industry for a while. I actually think it's the opposite. I, well, I don't know if it's men or women um, over men, meaning I think they're both our age. I'm in my 50s. I do think that women and men our age are pickier than they were back in their 30s. And I'll tell you why. Well, there, it's two different outcomes. Let's, let's, let's change the word. It's not that they're picky, that back in your 30s, you're more selective because you're looking for that one to mate with, to raise a family with, possibly have kids with, continue your career. Like there's so much going on in your 30s. You're building, building, building. It's the building phase of life in all aspects, okay? You're building a family, you're building a career, you're working on yourself, your mental health. But I think in your 50s, we I hope, and this is something that I always encourage people, I hope that people have had a chance to work on themselves, that they're whole. They don't need a second person to complete them. More often than not, I will speak to women who will say, I don't need a man. I am self-sufficient. I pay for my own bills. I can, I can get myself off. You know, people say that all the time. They're not looking to have kids anymore. They're past that point in life. They either have had kids, they've been divorced, they're widowed, whatever it is. They're looking more for companionship. Whereas I do see a difference with men. Men, especially in Florida, where they're, you know, the clients that I have, let's just put this out there, tend to be very wealthy. You know, they're not going to come to a matchmaker if they can't afford to pay a matchmaker. They're going to go to the apps or they're going to whatever it is, which nothing wrong with that. But the wealthier the man is, the more they feel entitled to younger, to hotter, to, they just, and they get it. And I hate to say it. And that's a whole topic also. I mean, we have so many things we could go in and do tangents with. But the point is, is that I think where women want companions, men are more the physical level at that point. So they're pickier in that respect. But I, I do think that that women have lowered the bar thinking that there's not that much out there when it comes to men who are successful, good looking, their age, age appropriate. So they do tend to like dismiss certain things, whereas men are, your word, pickier. That's my opinion. What do you think? What has your experience been with that? Well, so are you saying that the men that you work with, they still want to be very sexual, sensual, like that's what they're looking for versus the women are like, I just want someone to do things with. And I just want 
somebody my age? Is that what they're well, thinking? Okay. Yes. Yes. And yes. I don't think that I'm not going to say that women are not sexual. Believe me, there's plenty of sex life left in women over the age of 50. It's not about that, but I think that they're looking for something a lot more on a deeper level when they're trying to date, they're really looking to connect. They don't, they also, unlike a man, let's say, and I, I know this sounds really sexist, but this is just what, you know, historically what I've learned when a man dates an, a successful older man, he will tend to go years younger because she's very attractive. He doesn't necessarily care if she's career driven or if she has her own business. He may not want to support her, but he doesn't care as much. Like he'd be happy with a, a yoga teacher, for example. Whereas I don't think the reverse is true when it comes to women. And I might get a lot of hate for this. I, I know what I'm setting myself up for here, but I do think a lot of women who are successful, they're not looking for someone 20 years younger to support. They, I don't think they'd be happy with a yoga instructor if they're a very successful, you know, they work for IBM and they're an executive level. I think that they want someone equal and it's not, it, it doesn't always mesh because it's, it's easier for women to say, I don't need that in my life because I have it myself. Whereas men, they're really looking for more of the physical connection, at least initially, at least initially, my light keeps going out. So bear with me here. What do so, you what do you find in California? Because it's, it's a little bit different there, isn't it? I feel like the women are still looking for the same things that you're talking about. You know, the woman that I work with would want to meet a guy who's as successful. Maybe she'll go up to five or seven years and she wants someone to travel with, someone to do things with, someone to be a good lover and a partner and maybe meet their kids together or grandkids together and all that stuff. So I think it's the same thing, no matter where where we are in the US. I mean, but yeah. I hear I don't meet anybody. I don't have I don't have any good dates. Men suck. Dating apps suck. Like that's not true. I really feel like the online apps or working with a matchmaker is great. It's like there are so many quality people out there. It's just how are you picking them? Like are you so selective that you're not giving anyone a chance? I feel like maybe they have something to work out on themselves. Like there's some kind of internal block that they have that they don't want to meet somebody great. Well, that's interesting that you said that because that's the one thing I always say is that people have to be whole before they start looking for a second half. People who are out there, singles, men and women, who are looking for somebody to save them or to fix them or to complete them, they're never going to find that. You know, they have to first work on themselves and be happy with who they are and love themselves. And that's a very important part of dating, no matter what your age, no matter where your location. I do think that like what you just said is 100% true. I think that women connect on an emotional level and men connect on a physical level. And together, they make that balance, you know, that does even out. They both will travel together. They'll both want to have nice, fine dinners together and, and experience families together. That that does even out. But I think initially, 
the men connect on the physical. And I'll give you another example. One of my favorite videos on TikTok. I love TikTok. It's it's a great place to research. It's a great place to hear what's really going on with other people all over the world. So one of my favorite videos is a woman, and it's been done so many times, where a woman will go to Home Depot and say, okay, I'm going to look all confused, looking for a man in Home Depot to come help me and meet a good quality guy. And you know, and then there's men who comment on it and say which section to go to in Home Depot. They're hilarious. And there's some reality to that because men, again, with the physical, they want to be the man. They want to be, help the damsel in distress. They want to save you. They want to be that physical force of help where women, they're just doing, they're playing a game and it's wonderful. And that's what we do. You know, dating is a game. Anyone who says, I don't want to date because I don't want to play games. Everything's a game. I'm married 22 years. I said that earlier. It's still a cat and mouse thing. You got to keep it spicy. You got to play a little bit because otherwise it becomes boring. And that's when people drift apart. It's always a game and a game could be fun. The definition of a game could be fun. It doesn't have to be awful it's just that men love to be there they love to hunt they want to be the chaser they want to help the damsel in distress that's why there's so many movies about it and as misogynistic as that sounds use it to your advantage ladies be that egalitarian strong woman confident woman that you are self-sufficient woman and play to that to your benefit I always encourage that it's like you just have to play a little cat and mouse and then it comes together I mean, it all comes back to women need to be feminine, need to look good, need to care about your looks. I don't care if someone says, oh, he just needs to like me for who I am and what I look like. It's like, okay, you can look like your slob self after six dates, but your first five dates, come on, like still look good, still care about how you look. And, you know, I do encourage women to like wear a dress, wear something cute, wear some earrings, put on makeup, do your hair, like not so executive when you go out on a date, because I do work with a lot of very successful women, but it's like, let the guy be a guy too. If he wants to pay for your date, let him pay for your date. You don't have to grab the check and try to pay half. Like that's not going to impress anybody. Like he wants to buy you a meal. He wants to treat you to dinner, just that kind of stuff. So I find that sometimes women get so caught up in, well, I have my own money. I don't need a man. It's like, if you say you don't need a man, then that's such a turnoff. Why would any guy want to go out on a date with someone that says, well, I don't need a man. Right. No, that's a hundred percent true. I think, I don't know if you were finished with that point, but just to touch on that, that's a big part of it. Hygiene, appearance, it's all a physical connection initially. You don't have time to know what's underneath there, your first meeting. Like your immediate meeting, they should be impressed. First of all, you should always feel good about yourself no matter what. So it's important to get dressed and feel good about yourself. And if you're not one to wear makeup, you don't have to wear makeup. But agree, like put on, it doesn't even have to be that feminine. It just has to be, you took, you made an effort in your appearance for this other person. And they should reciprocate as well. Like the men should also take time for, to, about their marriage. I once met a guy, he was a potential client. He became a client of mine. He showed up 
in jeans that were so bad. It looked like he'd been working on a farm all day. It turns out he did have a, a farm that he was managing. He owned like a, a juicing place, whatever. But he looked and smelled terrible. And here he is. He didn't care. He's meeting a matchmaker. He's not meeting a date. I said, listen, this is my first impression of you. I only have this to go on. You can't show up to a date. This is a date. This is my initial consult with you. I, I also judge. Do they stand up when they meet me to greet me? Do they look me in the eye? Like I, I look at a lot of things and then I help them because if I see that they're not up to par when it comes to manners, basic manners, I correct them because a lot of times they don't even know. They've been out of the dating world. They've been married for 30 years and they're divorced or they're widow, widowers and they just don't know better. And I have to teach them. Believe it or not, I have to teach these older men how to be a gentleman again because even though some are old school and, and never lost that some just and especially the, the men who are younger that they, they date women like you just described they date these young confident women who are strong and don't need a man because they have they're self-sufficient they have their own careers so someone's got to give you have to you have to stop being as strong-minded bullheaded initially and like just take a step back just be a little feminine, be a little masculine and, and connect first because physical means a lot, at least initially. So I a hundred percent agree with you. And I see a lot of that. What other things uh, are you teaching men who are in their fifties and sixties? Like, let's talk more about that because I'm just curious, like what else can they do to improve upon themselves before they go out on dates, especially if they haven't been dating for 10, 20 years or 30 yeah. years. Like what if this is their first time out in the dating world again? It often is. It often is. And I think that the more, uh, the longer than a man has been out of the dating world, the rustier he is. He, he might always be a gentleman and hold the door open. Like I don't necessarily have to teach older men like that kind of stuff. Chivalry is not dead when it comes to the older generation, but they might offer to pick up their date whereas the date the women aren't so comfortable and i don't i actually encourage them to meet up in public because even if it's through a matchmaker they're still strangers a woman shouldn't be giving out her address and they should always meet at the public restaurant or for drinks i also have to tell them you know what and, and sometimes they always say sometimes they say of course of course but i have to remind them listen you're asking them on a date you need to follow up with them the day before and confirm this date. Don't just assume that because you already spoke about it a week a week ago that she's ready to go at seven o'clock the week before that you made plans. Call her, confirm your reservation, and meet her at the place. Then pay for the date. And I never get I never get pushed back with that. They always know, but they have to be reminded that. You know, this isn't just somebody that this is somebody that is judging you based on initial appearances and initial conduct. So be a gentleman. Mostly I have to remind the 30 year olds about paying and about opening the door, pulling out a chair, the basic, the basic old school ways. But older men don't have to do that. I just have to explain to them they may not feel comfortable being picked up or, you know, you don't have to necessarily um I also have to kind of like talk them out of their old school way of thinking because a lot of them really are old school. Like they're in their late 60s, some are 70s, where they're a little misogynistic, just the sign of the times. And I have to remind them, especially if I'm setting them up with a younger woman, that 
women are more independent now and dating is a different, different ball game altogether. And, you know, I also don't necessarily expect a physical connection right away or, and don't necessarily make physical contact. It's okay to hold a hand, but look at their body language. Something that's very important. doesn't matter what age you are. You have to tell the person's body language. Are they giving you like a little bit of a repulsive look or are they being coming forward and coming to you? And then it's okay to, to have some sort of physical connection. It's actually important. And one of my favorite things to tell men to do, no matter what age, but usually the older men, after the date, if it went well and you could tell that you're vibing, after the date, you're walking out of the restaurant, link their arm. Just hold, you know, arm in arm and walk a little. That's an immediate connection right there. It's not too intimate. You're not invading any space. You're not holding hands. It's linking arms and it's showing them we're connected. And it often makes them feel at ease and also protected. Women like to feel that whether they admit it or not, all women want to feel protected. What do Wait, you think so about you're that? Saying, you're saying when you walk out of the restaurant, you're telling the guy to offer his arm? Okay. And then it's she like, takes it and then walk to the car. That's cute. Thinking, you know, it's not holding hands because that could be spread. It's not putting your arm over her shoulder because that's also a little overbearing and not everybody welcomes that. I don't like it. It's like, you know, we're walking in arm in arm. It's like you're together. I, I, I think it actually adds a level of intimacy that's appropriate for a first date. Do you tell the woman that, hey, he might offer you to link arms? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, how do you, yeah. how do you get the woman to be receptive to a little bit of touch or, you know, like, how do you coach the women to say, I, hey, it's okay if he wants to do that? You know what? I don't do that. Cause you know what? It's never okay. Unless she gives a sign. Like, I don't know how she's going to feel about the date. So I'm not going to tell a woman be comfortable with that. Because it may not be that situation. The date actually might have not been great. And she might actually feel repulsed from this guy. So what I say to the guy is read the room. If she's giving you the vibe, like she's reaching over to, to touch your hand when she's telling a story. Or she grabbed over to like laugh and, and she touched you. That's a sign that she's open to being physical on a very, you know, basic level i don't tell the women because i also feel like every woman reacts differently and that's why when he reaches like that to like offer his arm she doesn't have to take it that's the difference between putting his arm around her shoulder or holding grabbing for her hand that could be a little bit of a turnoff but going like this and offering her arm she she could decide and i don't see why she wouldn't if there was a good vibe so it's interesting that you said that i don't really coach the women about that i i find that that has to be a case-by-case case basis it's the men who make the initial move so that's whom i'm really kind of preparing and also i tell them don't try to reach in for the kiss don't try to do anything on the first date unless you unless you feel that vibe from her and she'll let you know and they say how do i know if you'd have to ask the answer is no if you don't think that she's giving you that you're confused and this is by the way a separate thing may if you have to ask yourself do they like me? The answer is no. You'll know if a man likes you. It's so clear. Men are very simple creatures and I am not belittling them. And I am not saying that they're not smart. I'm saying they're simple. They will make it clear to you if they're into you. And if you have to start doubting and asking your friends and putting scenarios in your head and start 
sticking up for him by making up things like, well, maybe he's doing this or listen to your friends who say, well, maybe he went out of town for three days. No, he doesn't like you. If you have to ask, the answer is no. I totally agree with that. I totally agree. So what else? Um, is dating in Florida or your clients in Florida a lot different than when you were in New York? Like, do you see any differences or people are the same on East Coast or East Coast? You know, it's hard to tell because I've been here for so many years. I've been here, I've been here almost 13 years at this point. And when I was in New York City, it was different. First of all, I started without the internet. Then we had the first initial eHarmony and J-Day. Those were the beginning stages in the late 90s where nobody even really was on them. And the early 2000s, it was like a whole different world. Like people still met in coffee shops, you know, friends was still on and that was a relevant way of meeting people. I don't know what it would be like. I know from speaking to other matchmakers and other singles who are in New York, for example, or the East coast versus Florida, I think the issue, and I don't know if I'm, I might be stereotyping, but Florida, we, we all dress like this. Like it's hot. So people are more scantily clad, and I'm sure in California too, it's not as covered up. It's not as red noses and snot in the winter. Like everyone's at the beach, everyone's in bikinis, everyone's at yoga. Like people are very fit and healthier here in general. I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Chicago and granted it was the eighties, but we wore parkas and, you know, snowsuits. So I think it's just a different vibe in general. People are much more comfortable with their sexuality just as far as appearance. Like all women wear little tank tops, even if they're married and have kids and you know not in the dating world they're very it's a very different vibe going on here so I would think and, and it's interesting because where I live I'm in Delray Beach so Delray, Boca, Palm Beach, Jupiter it's a little bit more of a wealthier area and specifically like people are how do I explain this Miami for example it's fast there's a lot going on there's always like parties and you know you just know it's a different vibe here it's a little more laid back people like to do you know I'm not talking about work I'm talking about just in general what they like to do on weekends people go to the beach people ride their bikes they roller skate they boat boating's a big thing here so I just think it's a lot more laid back and I, I'm going on a tangent so I forgot what the initial question was <laughs> if people in Florida are different than New York yeah, I think they're happier. It's sunnier. It's just there's a different vibe. I know that I felt that they're um, they're just as frustrated when it comes to dating. I mean, there's plenty of ghosting and catfishing and people texting the wrong name. I I had a, one of my women that I know who's single. She's 42, two young kids. She's back in the dating world of recent divorce. She sent me last night a text screenshot of someone she met on the dating app. They had been talking, and he called her the wrong name. So as a joke, she writes back the wrong name back to him, meaning she purposely called him the wrong name. And he got so upset about it. He's like, he he, he, he blocked her or whatever they do on the dating app. And she couldn't stop laughing. She's like, I thought it would be a cute way to talk at our, at our engagement party if it ever worked out. I thought it would be a cute story that we called each other. But that's the point. It's like people are, there's still a lot of the frustrating process that goes through it. But I do think in general, Florida, they're more of a, it's a more of a fun vibe. And I think it's also an easier way to meet people because people are very active. So you can go if you I always encourage people, go join if you like biking, 
Go join a bike group that bikes every Saturday morning on the beach. You like boating? Go to the boat clubs, you know, and go hang out at the, at the bar or happy hour at the boat club. Pay for a, you know, a summer membership or something that's not a lot of money and get yourself in front of other people who love to do the same things as you. Go join a tennis team. They're everywhere. There's public courts. You don't have to be part of a club. There's so many ways to meet people organically when you're in a place that's constantly moving and people are very outdoorsy. I think in New York, there's a lot of bars and like fun parties that go on, you know, that that I hear about. I don't know that that's the case here as much, but I, I do think it's a different vibe. Absolutely. So what would you suggest for women that are in their 40s or 50s? and want to meet a guy who's wealthy, like the wealthy guys that you represent who have a ton of assets and things like that. Like, what are some things that women can do or be to meet these guys? Well, it's, it's like, that's a great question. I get it all the time. Where can I meet the great guys? Well, first of all, you need to be great yourself. Like this is what I keep going back to. Be whole yourself. Take care of You want somebody who's financially, physically, and fiscally fit you need to be financially, physically, and fiscally fit. And I don't mean you have to be a loaded or a millionaire or anything like that, but you need to have your shit together because a caliber of guy like that wants somebody who's going to be also proud of herself, proud of her appearance, proud of her accomplishments. They don't want somebody who's not, you know, who's not interested in their appearance or whatever. It's just a fact. They're going to want somebody who's attractive to them on those three levels as well. So then I say, go put yourself in those situations where those guys hang out. Where do they hang out? I love suggesting going to a steakhouse and sitting at the bar when there's a game on. Guys, especially successful guys, after a long day, if they're single, they're not going home. They want to go watch the game. They want to eat a really good steak and they're going to sit at the bar and they're going to have a drink. Go put yourself at that bar. Go to have happy hours are my favorite things in the world. And more often than not, people meet each other there because that's why they're there. They're there to look for other like minded, like looking people. So put yourself in a position to meet the people where they're going to hang out. If you want a successful guy like that, you're not really looking for somebody who's at Home Depot because that's more the contractor. That's more the builder. Wonderful guys. I'm just saying, like, if you want somebody who fits that stereotype, go put yourself where they hang out. And more often than not, it's the stereotypical places like a steakhouse, the bar, really nice restaurant, a trendy restaurant. But don't. Don't try too hard. Just go with your girlfriend, sit there and be available. This is the number one thing that I tell people. Smile, smile, put yourself at that bar and be approachable. So when someone looks over you, smile at them and give them that opening, that opportunity to come over to you. I love it. I love it. I think a lot of times we just forget that we're so busy complaining that there aren't great guys that we're not doing our part to go look for them, right? Like, let's just meet them halfway at a place that they hang out, which is like you said, it could be a happy hour at a bar, at the steakhouse, at these nice places that you might have to pay for membership or pay for valet to get there. So all those right. things, you have to do your part in it. So I love it. Uh I love it. Or like go to a boat show or go to, you know, if you're hearing about these Rolex conferences, you know, they have these these jewelry events where they're collectibles, go to places where you think these kind of the caliber of person is going to hang out 
or even like a real estate, like a, a, for example, in Miami, there's always these beautiful new buildings that are being built and they're always having these opening ceremonies. Go there. There's high, there's high net worth people looking for these second homes or third homes. Go put yourself in that position. You know, I always say no one's going to meet you sitting on your couch with your face mask on watching Netflix. You're not meeting anyone at home. So put yourself out there. I love it. I love it. So do you have any funny, great, off-the-wall success stories that you can share? One story about maybe a man that you helped groom him, made him better, then he met someone maybe wasn't really someone he signed up through you to meet, but they really hit it off. Like, Do you have one success story that you can share with us that, hey, signing up with a matchmaker opens up all these doors for you? And just like a, a success story. I have a lot of them, but one in particular that comes to mind is a man found me on Facebook. He, he lives nearby and he, at the time he was 62, he had been married for 33 years and recently divorced. And he was playing the field. He was on sugarbabies.com. Sugar babies, if you don't know is for 18 or 20 year olds who are looking for somebody to take care of them financially. It's like a deal. They're little babies quite early, but they're usually young college kids, which is disgusting when I think about it. Cause I have a college kid and they want, it's an arrangement. And that's how he was meeting women, girls. And so he was very used to that. And that, how's that working for you? And, and I also want to know, why did you approach me if you're already on these sites? And that's the kind of, because I'm not going to find you those girls. Like, that's not what I do. I'm not looking to help you with that. So he said, no, I just, I'm not getting anywhere with it. I, I just don't know what else to do. So it took a long time, a long time, because I had to set him up with women who were age appropriate, but I had to find ones that were attractive. Like, I wasn't going to throw them into the pit, you know, with this middle-aged woman doesn't take care of herself and frumpy when he's used to these age. 18 year olds who are just using him for his money. So it took a while, but PS, I found him an amazing, amazing woman. She was 48, 49, he was 62. So there was an age difference there, but she was definitely age appropriate versus these 18 year olds. And they got married and they're very, very happy together. They're so grateful. And you know what? He showers her with gifts. I mean, his love language clearly, is paying for gifts and buying her all these expensive things because it makes him feel good. And that's just his ego. And, and he was giving it to these little college kids. And instead, it's a woman who and she showers him with the emotional attention that he never had. He was always just looking for somebody to love him. And it took a long time to get there, but he did. And I consider that a big success for his story just because he went from being I'm not going to say the word warped, but his mind was so set on such a young demographic that it was a, an arrangement. It wasn't going to work long term that he now could not be happier because he's in a committed relationship with somebody who completes him and he could not be more grateful. So that to me is a very big success story. But anytime I help people change their way, because a lot of times just really quickly, and I'll wrap this up for you, is a lot of times people will come to me and they'll tell me what they want, okay? They'll tell me their type of look, their type of person that they want. And, and I'll say, okay, how's that working for you? And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, how's, it, how's that work for you historically with that type of person? Well, I'm still single. 
okay, exactly. Maybe that's not the right fit for you. Maybe, just maybe we're looking in the wrong areas and instead of focusing on that part, like that physical or that age, you know, like this guy I just explained, I just described, maybe change what you're really looking for. And that's somebody to help fulfill you emotionally and someone to be there as an equal partner. And whenever I help people realize that what you were doing in the past hasn't been working for a reason, then it tends to open up a lot of opportunities that they never knew they had. And that's my favorite thing to do. That's great. That's great. So you said you've been married for 22 years. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. 22 years, right? Yeah. So you were doing yeah. this before you were dating your husband. So how did he react or how did he support you in this business, in this industry? Oh, he thinks it's great. He tells everyone about it because first of all, the funny story about my husband and I is that we had met seven years prior to us dating. And at the time when we met, he thought I was so annoying and loud and not his type at all. It was so annoying. And I thought he was boring, quiet. In the end, he's the funniest man I know, and he's not boring at all. And I'm still annoying, but that's okay. And I think that it took us to grow up a little bit separately, that when we did finally meet the second time around, we were more open-minded. And I think that that's how, but he, listen, there are times when I go out with girls or I just go out with um, with other men and I, I don't wear a ring. I go out to scout sometimes. So there are times where I'll go out ladies night or I'll go to happy hour. I'm a great wingman. And I offer that to a lot of my clients. I actually do offer that service as being a wingman for them and going to these places and actually picking them up in reality, in real life. He knows he's a very confident person. He's confident in me. And I think that that's the most important part of any relationship. You can be married for 50 years. You can be married for two years. If you don't have that level of trust and you don't have that level of comfort with each other and honesty, then it's never going to work. You have to be always communication and said over and over. This is not something I, I mean, believe me, I, I've heard this ad nauseum. Communication, communication. Yes, there's something to being very communicative, but there's also something to like give that person a reason to trust you. So he thinks it's funny. He he knows I don't wear a ring and he knows that I'll go up to him and if we're, we're out at a restaurant and I'll see some attractive guy sitting at the bar, I'll be like, hold on, I'll be right back and I'll go get that number. Doesn't phase him. He doesn't care. He's supportive, in other words. And he, you know, he feels uh, very confident in your relationship. So, yeah. That's Correct. And I think that's important. And I'm sure you are, you, you feel this way too. Like you have to have that with any relationship you're in. If you don't feel confident in your relationship, there's something wrong. Yeah. You know, listen to your gut. If there are red flags, they're there. Like don't ignore red flags. That's another podcast. We'll get to that one. <laughs> True. <laughs> Okay. Well, Jordana, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Tell people how they can find you. Of course, I will have all this in the show notes as well, but any last parting tips and your contact information and how they can work with you? Yeah, well, I'm in South Florida. So my company is called SoFlow Matchmaking. So it's S-O-F-L-O Matchmaking. So you can Google it, come to my website. I offer two services, like very common. One is to be a free member. And that's very popular, especially with women. There's no charge to be part of my membership and part of my database, which just means that if I have a client that that woman is a fit for, 
she doesn't have to pay. I will set up that date and I will arrange it and make sure that that's a nice connection. But um, you could also be a client and then I will actively go out and search for you and cherry pick based on what your preferences are and based on what we talk about. And there's a lot of conversation that goes into that prior. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm on TikTok, SoFlow matchmaking. I'm on Instagram and I'm always available for coaching. Cause that's actually part of my favorite part about this whole process is I love to hear people's stories. I love to try to help them. I'm also just a little quick tangent. I'm a gut health coach, a holistic nutritional consultant and trainer. Um, again, that's a kind of side things, but I'm very knowledgeable in helping people become healthier and more physically fit. So it's not just emotional, but it's physical. So I definitely help people and I've helped many, many women over the years clean themselves up a little bit from the inside out, just feel better about themselves so that they can get themselves out there. Because a lot of times, I wouldn't say they're going to let themselves go, but a lot of times when you're in a long marriage and then you're divorced, especially if you didn't see it coming, which happens a lot, unfortunately, I can help them clean their, clean themselves up and feel better about themselves first. Like I said, be whole before they get out there. So anytime you can always reach me and I'd love to talk to you and I love talking with you, May. You're, you're so fun. And anytime you want to talk again, I'm always available. Okay. I will take you up on your offer and ladies, if you're wanting to join my database as well, go to twoasianmatchmakers.com and fill out a profile with me so I know where to find you. And then I can help you find a lovely Asian woman in the US or in Asia. So contact me if you want my services. So thank you, Jordana. I appreciate it. I will talk to you later. Bye. Bye, honey. Good talking.